And uh, today we're looking at relationships, we're looking at real conversations on this, uh, this series called No Filter, looking at how to do life well with each other, because it is really important, and who knows that for God um, we matter. And uh, I was thinking about it, I think we are most likely are happiest in life when our relationships with each other are really going well. Would anyone agree with that? We're really happy. It's when those relationships are not going well that it's like life's tough and, uh, and there's heartache. So I just know that this stuff really matters to God, that it's really important for Him to know that we are having relationships and they are going well. And what I love about doing life as a Christian and walking with Jesus Christ is that we can get guidance and direction on every area of life. The Word of God is incredible. It really helps us. I don't think there's an area that I'm clueless about in the Christian walk because I know that in this is great help, in this is great guidance. And it's no different here today as we come and look about relationships and how the things out of the Word of God can help us in relationships. I mean, even uh, they matter to God and uh, even when He was, you know, giving the Ten Commandments, so many of them relate to how we relate to each other. There's things filtered all through the Word of God that really, truly do help us with our relationships. And uh, I just know if you want to have a successful life, we need to do relationships and we need to do them really well. And you might be here today and you might have had some failings in the past. You might have a whole lot of situations right now that relationships aren't going well. You might be actually thinking, it's just, it's just how I am. I just don't do it that way. Can I encourage you not to settle with that? We should never, never settle with things like that in our life. We should be always knowing that God wants to move us forward, that God wants to improve us, that God wants to help us in this very time in our lives to be moved forward. Never be content with that. Oh, but I'm set in my ways. Never be content with this. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says uh, that we are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Who loves that? That we are to be transformed, that we in our own lives can be transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. The Lord wants to move us forward. The Lord wants to help us. And I want to encourage us here today that there's things that we can all take home. There's things that we can all put into our world that are going to help us with relationships. And God wants that for each and every one of us. And in life, we get educated in so many areas of life. But training for relationships isn't always something that uh, many of us have had any guidance or direction in. And as a nation, we need help. 50,000 marriages will fall over this year in this country at the current rate. Let's believe that that's turning around. But we need, as a nation, we need help. We need help. And most of them is because breakdown in relationships. We need help. And people, you know, people just shouldn't do life alone. We shouldn't do life alone. When God was creating the earth, He was creating a lot of things and He was going, that's good. Yeah, that's good. And then he creates man. He goes, actually, it's not good that man should live alone. He actually could foresee that, no, 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 that's not good. We need to, we need to create a helper. We need to create someone for companionship for man. We need to do life with others. We need to do life with others. It's how God's designed it. 
and it's how it should be. We're not meant to do life alone. And unfortunately, this world is really fragmented. It's a bit of a disconnected world. So we've just got to do all that we can in our lives to know how to do relationships. And am I a relationship expert? No, I'm not. I'm on the journey like all of us. There's all things we need to learn. But I've gone through life enough to know that I wouldn't be where I am today without great relationships, great friendships, without pairing myself up with wonderful and mighty people because they have had a significant impact on my life. I love how the word says that iron sharpens iron. I love that doing life with others makes life a lot more fun. I love that it makes it more enjoyable. I mean, there's just things that are done better with other people. And if we're not careful, we can find ourselves almost in a place of a little bit of isolation because maybe some of the principles out of the Word of God for relationships we're not taking on and we're not doing them well. And that's not how it's meant to be. Even God Himself is three. Even Him Himself is, is three. And the New Testament is so full about doing life with others. It's got all sorts of things of all these one another's, love one another, forgive one another, encourage one another, join with one another. It's all through there. We need to build relationships. We need to build strong relationships. And who knows that they don't come easy sometimes. They take time and they take a mighty amount of effort. And although there might be people out there who often talk about, oh, your personal destiny, like I said before, it's really, our destinies are tied up in other people. We need to know that. We need to understand that. And we need to be doing life in a way that we know that relationships are valuable. They need to be nurtured and we need to do them. Pastor Phil says this, 90% of what God has for me is in, the, in this life is inside other people that God connects me with. He's aware that doors get open for his life through others. So he needs to make sure those relationships are strong and they're going really, really well. And I know that there's sometimes in life, not only is it important, but there's some really divine relationships that God is orchestrating and we've got to make sure that we give those relationships every opportunity, every opportunity to succeed, to survive, to flourish. You don't want them broken because I know without a shadow of a doubt the enemy is out to destroy relationships. He knows if he can destroy marriages, he's winning a lot of battles through that. If he can destroy family units, if he can destroy relationships within church, he is out to destroy. I'm putting up a sign here today to say that that is what he's about. But with God, all things are possible. With God, he gives us all we need to not let the enemy come and steal and kill and destroy. And I can remember as a young man, I've got a, a couple who are two of my greatest friends in my life today. But wind the clock back when I was a young man and we went through something in our, uh, our connection and our relationship that was really uh, not cool and it was a massive challenge. And I tell you what, um, I could have easily have lost that connection, easily. The, the way it hurt me, what had happened, it was painful. In the middle of it, I was like, I'm over that. I don't need that relationship. But I'm just so grateful for who God puts in our world sometimes because I got some amazing godly advice from a young man that so helped me when I journeyed through that. And forgiveness was able to flow. He told me this was like someone who I felt had just so wronged me. And he said this to me. And he said, you know what, Hartley? All you got to do is start to pray for them. And I'm like, you what? Start 
to pray for them. And that one bit of advice, I tell you what, as I started to try to utter words out of my mouth to pray for them, which was so difficult early on, but day after day, I kept doing it, and all of a sudden, as I started to pray God's blessing and favor on their lives, I just saw my heart turn and turn and turn, and they're two of the greatest people in my world today, and I'm just so grateful that I heard that godly advice, and I did it, and, uh, and that's, you know, got a great outcome, but so often, unfortunately, people are losing really valuable relationships and friendships that are meant to be something they're meant to hold on to. And I think if we do it God's way, we're putting ourselves in every opportunity to just have great relationships and be great at communicating with each other. You know, Jesus never sent his disciples out on their own. It was uh, never Rambo-style stars. He always sent them two by two. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Two are better than one. You know, Moses had Aaron, Elijah had Elisha, you know, uh, uh, Saul had Barnabas, Hartley has Natalie. Like, we need each other. We actually need, it's always about that. It's always in relationships. We're always going to achieve better and greater things. And in this world that is increasingly disconnected, uh, with all these, which is funny, it's kind of getting more and more like that. We're getting poorer at relationships, yet we've got all this technology that's meant to make it easier. But the other day, it was a little while ago, I was in a restaurant with my wife and there was a young couple, they were probably in their early 20s, out in this really nice restaurant having dinner together. And what was really fascinating was I was trying to work out if it was either their first date or if maybe they were a couple because as they sat down in this really nice restaurant, they spent more time on their smartphones than they did looking and talking to each other. It's just like they sat there for like, felt like five minutes at a time, not saying a word and just playing on their phones. I felt like going up to them and going, Can you, is this your first date? And you realize after the first three seconds that there's never going to be a second date. And now you've just got to, you know, get through the night. Are you guys actually, are you actually a couple? Do you see a future here? Do you need some counseling? I'm just, I felt like going up to them. I felt like going up to them because they just stared at their phones like minute after minute after minute or during the night. No talking on whatever they were doing. I don't know if they were Facebooking, Googling, on Gram, whatever they were doing. They were just looking at their phones. I thought, isn't that sad? But in one way, people feel more uncomfortable sometimes looking at their screen than looking at someone's face. And I think we've got to turn that around. I think we've got to be good at relationships and not just good on the phone because that's just, it's false. It's, it's, it's not depth. Someone liking your photos not meaning, hey, I'm your best buddy and I'll walk through life with you. It doesn't mean that. We've got to be really, really just good at actual proper relationships because people crave connection. God created us to be in connection and we need it and they take work sometimes. Maybe you're here today, and you, as, even as I'm speaking, you're aware of some situations in your world, some broken down relationships. Not only today do I want to help us to be equipped for the future, but if you've got ones that are broken down, my prayer would be that today you will leave here and there will be a moment where you can have a chance to repair, to reconnect, because sometimes they're relationships, and often they're with family members, and they're meant to be there, but for some reason they're not. Get them back today, pray into it, 
let's believe that there'll be a reconnection. And let's just really, really make sure that the relationships we're meant to have, we do have. Uh, this morning, I was at home and uh, Cleo, my three-year-old, she was the first one up. And uh, quite early in the morning, she said she was hungry. So I'm like, okay. I went to the uh, went into the kitchen and I found some fruit toast in the freezer. I'm like, do you want some fruit toast? She goes, yeah, yeah. So I, I cooked the fruit toast and then I uh, popped it in the toaster and it popped up and I spread it with honey and, and placed that before her and I'm going, cool. Uh, that's good. And then uh, she took like a couple of bites. I cut it up and she's like, oh, I want yogurt now. And I'm like, no, eat your fruit toast. No, yogurt. She, you know where she's going. So you just give up really quickly and you're like, okay, fruit. So I go and get the yogurt. It was a berry mixed yogurt. I put it into the plate. I put it there. She like takes about one mouthful and she goes, oh, what's that? I'm like, what's what? Oh, she's, I'm like, it looked like, do you know how like strawberries have little, I don't know if they're sit, uh, it's just a bit of the strawberry, the berry, it's a berry. I don't want it, I don't want it. She pushes it. I'm like, are you serious? It's like, she goes, oh, I want some cereal, some cereal. So I'm like, oh. So there I am back in the kitchen getting out the, and when we do cereal in our house, it's never one, it's like a mixture. So I think it was, it was uh, two types of wheat bix uh, and it was some, uh, some cornflakes and I get that and I place that. Finally, she was satisfied for about four seconds, had a few mouthfuls of that. I've got a photo of it this morning. This is, uh, this is Cleo with a bit of a smorgasbord. Did we get the photo? Oh, we haven't got it. Anyway, it was a beautiful photo. I've got it on my phone if you want to have a look later. But there she was. It was like Cleo having a smorgasbord at home, like three different dishes. And I'm like, I started to think about Sometimes in relationships, don't be someone who just moves from one to the other because it gets a bit hard or complicated. Sometimes we've got to stay in it. We've got to ride things out. We've got to work out how to do communication well, to, to talk through our issues, our problems. Don't just be someone who moves around from relationship to relationship just because it gets hard, just because something happens. Let's stick at the ones that we're meant to stick at. Who thinks that's a good idea? Why don't we give the Lord a clap for being stickers at relationships? Let's do them really, really well. It says this in Ephesians 4, says this, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. See, we're meant to be connected to Christ, but we're meant to be connected to each other. That's how God has it. That's how He is orchestrating. We have to have our connections with each other. We're connected to Christ. He's the head, but we're held together, supporting ligaments with each other. And it's how you do life, and it's how you do life well, and you go forward. You go forward together. You go forward together. It's the great way to do life. But we need to be equipped to do it. I think about a sporting team. They can have a whole lot of great champions, but if they're all going in different directions, they don't achieve anything good. It's when they come together. It's when they're supporting each other. They're in relationship with each other. They're shoulder to shoulder in, in what they do. They go and achieve mighty and great things. And it's the same with us. Mighty and great things will be achieved when we come together. I am who I am because of the people that I've found myself in connection with doing life with. It's the best way to do it. Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We need 
each other. We spur each other on. We encourage each other. We go forward together. We go forward together. I love that Ecclesiastes uh, scripture, two are better than one. And then it goes on to say, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Great scriptures to help us to know that, you know, this life together, together. Leviticus 26.8, five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will chase 10,000. These are great scriptures. Ephesians 4.16, the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body. We go together and the devil, as I said, he will be coming against this. He will be, be aware of the devil's schemes. Be really aware of what he'll try to kill, destroy, pull down. And it will happen in families, it will happen in friends. Let's be really good. Let's be mature in our walk. Let's be good at resolving. Let's be good at going forward together. No relationship's not going to have its challenges. Whether it's marriage, whether it's in family, whether it's friends, people in the workplace, even people in church life, no good relationship goes without having issues, problems, ups and downs. Let's make our way through. Let's find our way through. Make sure we're doing it and doing it really, really well. Because there's blessings there. Think about Lot, Abraham's nephew, was really blessed when he was with Abraham, but when he left and separated, he, he got into trouble. And sometimes things like happen, there's things that we're meant to do life together. We're meant to be there for each other. But I just love that the Word of God over relationships gives us so many just beautiful gems, amazing scriptures to help us do this well in our life. Because for some of us, we haven't had, we haven't seen relationships done well, maybe in the family home. We haven't seen it done well before our eyes. And we can be a little bit like, how do I do this well? How do I do it God's way? I tell you what, it's from the Word of God. We look at what He says, because that's going to be rare that you've had wonderful relationships to model your life off right before your eyes. It's going to be rare. But with God, we can start to do it really, really well. So I've picked a few great scriptures here this morning that I think can really, really help us. Proverbs 30, 33. As the beating of cream yields butter, and striking the nose causes bleeding, so stirring up anger causes quarrels. Men, let's not put anger in the equation. It doesn't help. When has anger ever helped? I don't think it does on most times. Let's just look at the Word of God and think, okay, I need to go into situations not always full of anger, not full of my blood boiling. Let's just be really, really wise how we go into conversations, how we're doing life. Here's another one, James 1. 19 to 20, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. All the women said amen, because men are not good at listening sometimes, including myself. Slow to speak and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. You know, we tend to be slow to listen and really quick with our words, really quick wanting to, to put in our two bob and share. Sometimes we've just got to listen. We need to be that. And I'll tell you what, if you've got people in your world that do that to you, actually listen, they really get to hear you. They get to know you. They're some of the greatest people you have in life. Let's do that for other people. Let's be really, really good at the listening. 
you know, we just need to have this and not full of the anger. Let's make sure that uh, we've got a cool head and a warm heart, not a hot head and a cool heart in situations. Because there'll be times where things will happen. The worst thing you can do sometimes is go streaming and writing that email in the, the middle of the fury that you're feeling because something's happened. Or make the phone call right there and then or, or rush for the meeting. Let some time pass sometimes. Let some time pass. Because things like that can just ruin situations, ruin friendships. Sometimes some time, some really good, some prayer, and then go in, you know, with that cool head and that warm heart, not the other way around. Proverbs 10, 19, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. There's times we shouldn't talk too much. The situations that we find ourselves in, don't just always be the one who's got to say your bit, who always has to be talking. Let's just make sure we pick our moments and we're wise with what comes out of our mouth. Proverbs 18, 13 in the message says, answering before listening is both stupid and rude. That's kind of like straight to the point right there. It's stupid and it's rude. Kind of like it. It's just kind of like stands out a little bit. How's this? Stephen Covey, uh, who wrote a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, says, you've spent years learning how to read and write, years learning how to speak, but what about listening? What training or education have you had that enables you to listen so that you really deeply understand another human being from that individual's own frame or reference? Let's just be really good at listening. It's good godly advice. Be a good listener. Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other. Great advice on, on how we speak and how we speak to each other. Is this helping? These are good things. Oh, they're helping me. It's uh, set our lives up for success and do these really well. What about this? Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. What great advice for those that we're, we're putting big amounts of time into. That's why when we have things at church and there's, there's men's events and there's women's gathering, come to them because as you hang around people like that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you in life. It's going to put you in a good place. There's, great, uh, there's just a great uh, direction that is, uh, is being revealed to us there. Walk with the wise and you will become that. Hebrews 10 says, and let us, I read it before, spur one another on in love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. I want to focus on that. Don't give up meeting together. There's something that we need to do in our relationships, and that is sow time. Be someone who's good at sowing time. It'll help. I love, uh, who knows, uh, Tim and Jodie Kristenat. They're a great young couple in here. But it's like, feels like every third night of the week, they've got people over. They're just always connecting with each other. They're always opening up their home to spend time with each other. And because of that, it's, it's, it's giving relationships and friendships a really good chance to get uh, going and on, which I really, really love. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. What else do we need? Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. There we go. Proverbs 15.2, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessarily edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. How good is it when you spend time with someone 
and you're hearing their words and it's, it's elevating you. It's helping you. It's got love and it's got grace and it's actually propelling you forward in life. They are some of the greatest conversations you can have in life. Let's make sure we're doing that for other people, that they're the kind of words that are streaming out of our life that are actually going to push other people forward in life and help them in life. That's the place God wants us to be, doing that for other people. And there's just so many. There's verses after verses. Maybe spend some time. I reckon one of the greatest things you can do in life is is really sink your teeth into the Proverbs. There is just such great direction for life, reading the book of Proverbs. Get into it. It'll help you. It'll guide you. These are the kind of things I believe are the standard that God wants us to have. It's a high standard, but it's a standard that will produce great fruit in our lives. But I just want to remind us about love to make sure that all we're doing, the the undergirding of it is love in our relationships. And we know how important it is. We know that when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandments? Well, it's to love God and it's to love each other. Like, it's, it's a big deal. And I've been in situations and circumstances because sometimes a really good relationship is there's someone there to help you keep on the, the right track. And I've had some people try to, you know, do that to me. And, and what I notice is those that, that do it out of love, it's so it's good to hear and it's easy to hear. But if someone hasn't got the love, it, I remember once someone speaking to me about some stuff and it was just really off the mark and it was someone really close to me, really close. And it, at the end of the conversation, do you know what it felt like? I felt like this. I felt like they tripped me over. I felt like they picked me up by the legs and I felt like they dragged me over hot coals and then just kind of threw me on the other side. That was the feeling I got at the end of the conversation. Because love wasn't the basis. This week I had a phone conversation with a gentleman. He's someone who uh, for a long time I've had very, very high regards, high respect. And I actually invited him in to my world to be a little bit of someone who I could bounce things past, a bit of a mentor. And uh, we had a great conversation this week. And uh, there was one point I was saying some stuff and he he actually wanted to give me a bit of a correction. But it was so built in love, it was so fine to hear. I was totally up for it. I knew it was something that I did need to hear. But it was that thing about the love. The love was the basis for it. And I know when people get married, they, uh, they quite often go to 1 Corinthians 13. Who's ever heard that at a wedding spoken? You know. But I tell you, we need that in our life. We need that not just you know, in the first few months of being married. We need that all the time because what's in that? is just sensational for doing life and doing relationships. Verse 4 in that, love suffers long. Do you know that love suffers long? It's like patience, but it's almost, uh, it's not meaning um, patience for the, the original meaning of that word. It's not patience just for situation. It's patience for a person. It's like the patience God has had for us, because who knows that for some of us, it took us a while to turn our face towards Him. It's that kind of that kind of patience. And there's some relationships in our lives that we need that kind of patience for other people. It's just great things. Love is patient. Love is patient. And it's kind, doesn't envy, does not parade itself, it's not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, thinks no evil. These are beautiful things to have. Rejoices in the truth. It bears with all things, believes all things, hopes in all things, endures all things. 
love, it never fails. What a great passage of Scripture to put that into our relationships, to put that into our life. It's the greatest thing that you can do. And I might get the band to come up now. And as I end, I just really want to encourage us. This relationship thing, it's big. And a lot of you might know my story. And, uh, you know, when I was a young man, I, you know, the family home wasn't always that great for me. I'm not a, a, a someone who, um, you know, really saw great things in my younger, you know, childhood days in my family home and the relationship of my parents before my very own eyes uh, crumbled, disintegrated into a really, really bad place. And as a young man, it was really hard. It was really confusing. And at the end of that, when it was time for, you know, the separation to occur and my father to to move out of the house, I found myself as a young boy just kind of overnight disconnected from my father. Just shut off like that. And my dad's actually here this morning. And for a period of about three to four years, I had no contact with my father. Nothing. There was no phone call. I didn't get to see him. And I found myself like that. And as a young man, it was really hard and confusing. We didn't have, we had one, you know, one home in the, you know, the old family phone that you know, and, you know, he wasn't allowed to call that, and it just, we just kind of drifted, and after a while, life became life kind of without a dad for a lot of, lot of years, and it was really hard, but I just know that that's not how God would ever want that relationship, for my relationship with my earthly father, one that needed some repair, and there was things that had happened that caused me and my heart to, to need to take some steps towards forgiveness, but I'm just so grateful that, again, the body of believers, the, the local church helped me on this, this journey to forgiveness, this journey of reconnection. And I was at a camp one day and it was a wonderful camp where you spent pretty much, you know, four days just seeking God and going through these great talks. And uh, I remember one night we went into this, this church and there was a moment to uh, just kind of reflect on life and maybe fix some things up and, and go to a place of repair, whatever it might be in your life. And even as a young boy, I must have been about 16 at the time, I, I knew in my hearts that I had to get this thing reconnected. I knew that I had to get it reconnected. So it was in that place where I said a really powerful prayer of just forgiving my dad, just letting go of what the past had been, knowing that that didn't need to be my future. I didn't need to have a future without a father on this earth. And I love the power of forgiveness. Because as I did that and I let go, kind of like everything cleared up. I made connection with him through my older brother and said, let's set up a meeting to get together. And I headed up to where my dad was staying. I think it was in Bogola Plateau on the northern beaches. And we reconnected. It was actually really awkward. It was kind of would have almost been easier not to, not to reconnect, not to to go and have those those conversations right at the start. But of course, I knew it had to happen. I took the steps to make it happen, and a reconnection took place. There was a building time to, you know, we had a lot to to catch up on. A lot had happened in a life of a, a young boy through all of those years. But we reconnected and reconnected and reconnected. 
we came back together. And that relationship that had once been shattered was rebuilt. You might be here today and you might be thinking, you know, I've got some relationships that have shattered and they need to be rebuilt. Can I just encourage you with God, all things are possible. That God will show you a way, He will make you a way. You might be here today and that person's no longer on this planet, but even your prayer of maybe a, a prayer of forgiveness for them, just to, it's kind of like it clears the air, heals your own heart. It's one of the most beautiful things you can do. So church, let's make sure in relationships, we do all we can based on the Word of God to do them and do them really well. They're very important. They're important for our lives. They're important for our families. They're important for our future so that we can be used by God and we can go forward in life. Because as I said right at the start, I think life's at its best when our relationships in our sphere, in our world are going really well. And as we draw to a close here right now, I have one more thing to do, and that is I just want to put out the opportunity if you're here, and I've just talked about a relationship between God.